0: So many people can take for granted those things. You know, when we have Brother Moore here in Sarasota, and, you know, when he goes out on the road, those people are so excited. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we've got to watch when he goes overseas several times, and those people are happy, ear-to-ear smiles, glory to God, excited to get to the Word of God. And, and we're thankful that Brother Moore is able to do that and that we're able to be a part. Amen? Yes, Amen. Well, glory to God. We've been talking about prayer, and guess what? I didn't know I was going to do another one on prayer, but we're going to do prayer again. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about prayer. It's important. You know, it's important that we grab hold of God's idea, what God wanted when he put prayer in place. Because prayer wasn't something we created. Right? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't our idea. We said, you know, we need a way to talk to God. Let's. Let's. Let's prayer. Right? No, no. God created prayer. God. God created the communication between us, the time, the the quality time between between His children and Him, that He so desired, and and He desired to have that that uh, way of communicating in the earth, and that way of being and doing things in the earth. Uh, prayer opens doors for God. We've talked about it over and over again. I know, but but prayer is something that the church, uh, as a whole, in the body of Christ, somewhat has uh, religiousized, if you will. Right? <laughs> we, we we tend to put our own spin on things. It's kind of like when we when we look at the Bible, we we kind of look at it too human sometimes because He's God, yeah. right? He He's not. He doesn't make mistakes right he doesn't go by he doesn't go by experience because everything he wants comes to pass right everything he's going to do is already happening and and we th- we think that even through prayer sometimes we can get him to do things right because that's what we've done in the world you know in the world we've done things to to manipulate situations to where they go our way and so sometimes in prayer we try to do the same things. And we try to manipulate God into doing, you know, and people say, well, I've prayed and prayed and I don't know why. It's not working. Are you really praying? And, and see, that's what that's what you got to get down to. Are we really praying? Or are we really going before God with, with, a, cl- with a clear heart and, and coming before Him with a word, His word, a promise? You know, I, I remember when I was seeking prosperity i wasn't seeking god i was seeking prosperity yep. so i found all the verses i could I, I had verse after verse after verse on why i should prosper but i wasn't seeking god right yep. and sometimes prayer gets that way we get we get verse and we get our promise and 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 we're, we want what we're praying for to happen but we don't really, we just want it to be part of our life we, we want god to come on and, and be a part of what we're doing Instead of us going and being part of what He's doing. When I I, I fell in love with God, that's when my prayer life changed. Amen? Because I began to pray to the God that loved me, to the God that loved other people, to the God that desired a relationship with me and wanted to prosper me, but had to have the ability to do so. Amen? and when when i did that my prayer not not only did my prayer life change but everything changed but but it, look, look at romans 12:2 we we'll, actually 12 yeah 12:2 12 because you know if we read these verses and everybody knows these and you know you can quote them right these are your pat answer verses right and so what do we need to do in our mind we need to we need to be conformed right we don't want to be true. we want to be transformed not conformed and We've got all the right answers. It's like when people say, you're going to have enough, say, I'll have more than enough. and It's a good answer, but you've got to have it in your heart. right? It's not just the Word. It's the Word that you know. It's the Word that's truth to you. It's the Word that's true from your Father. Amen? And we're going to keep talking tonight about your Father because your prayer life isn't just between you and God. It's between you and your Father, God. And when you become more acquainted with that relationship, that's the relationship that Jesus kept talking about over and over when he talked about prayer. But back to this verse. I'm getting way ahead of myself. It says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this is a verse that we think happened but it's a verse that is happening, yeah. right? Yeah. Guess what? Tomorrow, if you'll check your heart, there's something your mind thinks that's stupid, <laughs> right? It really is because it's, it has nothing to do with how God thinks. It has everything to do with how people think. Right. See, God, doesn't, God thinks in love, first of all, so he never thinks bad about anybody. You know, people think, well, God just must think I'm awful. No, he loved you. He doesn't think awful about you any day of the week. He's not disappointed in his choice. He's not disappointed in what he did. He's he's happy every day for for the things that he's done. But but our mind, even in thinking about prayer, we think about, okay, we need this. And so now we start thinking about how to pray for it. And, And we don't seek God as the how to pray because we're taught from a young age that we need to lay out the steps and get it manipulated just right, so at this turn it'll go this way, at this turn it'll go this way, and at this turn it'll go this way. And we think that'll work. And then we wonder why it didn't. Because it wasn't God's plan. We didn't even seek God as to what He wanted. Because renewing our mind, what He's literally saying is, quit thinking the way you think. Right? I mean, if you keep reading... That chapter, uh, he'll talk about, you know, not, not thinking like your flesh. But just think about the chapter we read today, right? The flesh is enmity against God. In other words, it cannot please him. Yeah. Why? Because it cannot have faith. Your mind and its thoughts cannot pray in faith. Prayer has to come from your heart it cannot come from your head it can 't be a design uh, of yours. It has to be a design of god's that 's one reason it 's so good to be filled with the Holy Ghost and and have a prayer language and a, a an ability to pray beyond what you have because sometimes your head's going to get in the way it 's going to try anyway amen and so we want, we don 't want that we're looking we 're looking. For a constant renewal, we're looking for a constant transformation. And when we go into prayer or anything else for God, we want to check our hearts. We we want to say, "Am am am, am I right towards this, God? Am I, am I am I am I looking at it the right way? Am I seeing it the right way? Am I you know we need it's your position of prayer, if you will. It, it's you know sometimes we're trying to get somewhere." And we're completely on the wrong road to get there. Yeah. We do that in prayer. Yeah. We're trying, you know, we're trying to get to Harrison, and we're over on 160 over here. Yeah. Well, it's, you're going to get there, but you're going to have to take a lot of turns before you do, right? right? Yeah. Whereas if you started on 65, you get right there. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And and so it's not that prayer doesn't work; it's that we're not always starting it from where it needs to start. Amen. In the first place, it starts with knowing God. You have to know the Father. Without knowing the character and qualities of God, your prayer life will never be efficient because religion has taught too many things about God that aren't true. And they've seeped in to the flesh because that's where they came from, right? And so when you're praying you're praying and your mind's thinking one thing, your heart knows another, but if if you let your experience decide your faith, then there will be no faith there. Amen? And so when we begin to pray, we first got to say, okay, do I know God? And I always use the God is good ruler. Right? For me, if it's not God is good, it's not right. It's real simple for me. God is good. And if anything I just said says different, then I was wrong. Anything that I just prayed was different than I prayed wrong. Anything I believed or heard was, you know, even like people come up to you and say, "Well, yeah, but look at when he went, he had people go, he had uh, armies go in and kill everybody. That, that that can't be good. If God did it, it is. Yeah. right. And see that. And if if you decide to think any other way. Your thinking contrary to God, you not understanding or me not understanding or something, does not make God less good. He's good, and when he does something, his thoughts are towards people. He's only thinking about people. So no matter what choice or decision he makes, it's right and it's good. It's not just right, it's good. And see, those are the things that we have to get in our mind. It's not just right... You know, a lot of people will resign themselves, well, he's God and he's right. But I don't like it. But if you'll get away from that, and you'll say, not only is he right, he's good. He knows more than I do. He sees further than I see. I'm going with God. Amen? And if you'll stick with that ruler, it's a perfect ruler. Because it's never wrong. You know, people... And and you know what? One thing is, if you'll you'll stick with that, He'll always give you an answer. Without that, He can't answer you because you're not asking the right question. Right? So many people are saying, Why, God? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You're asking Him from a point of He's not good. He's got no answer to that. He's a good God. You have to ask Him from the standpoint that He's good. Amen? You have to pray from that standpoint, you start praying to a good God. You're not just praying to a God. You're not just praying to the God Almighty. You're praying to the good God Almighty, the great God Almighty, the God that loves every person that ever touched this earth. Ones that never served him, the ones that did serve him, he loved them all. Right? He loved them so much that he gave his son. You know why I love him? He's their father. Right? They have to choose him, but he's a father. And they may never choose him, and he may never be their father. But he desires to be their father. Amen? And he's a good one. Glory to God. Let's look at some of the things Jesus said about prayer, which will kind of get us into that next next thing we're looking at. Look at Matthew 6, verse 5. Isn't it good to know that he's good? Because it can tweak your, your, your dumb thinking, <laughs> right? And, 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 I mean, because I have it. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll think something and God will say, why would you think that? And, and, and I'll be reminded God's good. And so for me to think that is contrary to what he is. And, and, and it can't be true. Anything that says he's not good is not true. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 5, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, when we read that verse, the first thing we think is, yeah, we don't want to be like those hypocrites. But the verse is written to every person that reads it. Right? How many have ever do, told somebody not to do something that they're doing? Right? Or, to, you know what, in this realm you could tell somebody not to do something knowing it's not good for them, but then get caught by your flesh doing the very same thing, right? Well, by definition that's a hypocrite, right? So he, what he's saying is don't do this. So first place to check your heart. When I'm asking somebody or telling somebody one thing to do or sharing the word with them, check my heart. Am I doing this? Lord, am I I doing this right? Am I I getting this? Right? You know, we don't want to just read these verses and say, wow, yeah, I wouldn't want to be one of those hypocrites. Well, guess what? There's a good chance, better than good chance, that every person in here has been, or recently even maybe, a hypocrite. Right? And he's just saying, I don't want you teaching one thing and doing another because it ain't right. Or teaching one thing, yeah, that's, did I say that right? Right, or teaching one thing and then doing the same thing. No, I didn't say it right. Teaching one thing and doing the same thing you're teaching not to do. Amen? And so we check ourselves. Why? Because Jesus is saying, he told you not to be like them. What, what, what does that tell you immediately? That there's a chance you could be. Right? There's a chance we could be. So don't be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be seen. Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't necessarily need to be seen, but I want to be sure that people know I'm praying for them. People don't need to know you're praying for them Amen. unless God tells you to tell them you're praying for them. Right? Yes. So, you know, why? why think, think about this. Why do you need to tell somebody you're praying for them? I mean, is there a really good reason? I mean, unless God tells you, I want you to tell them this, this, and this. The only other reason I could think of, and I've done it, told people I'm praying for them, and God actually kind of got on to me about it. He said, said, why are you telling them? So that you can look spiritual. So many times. Right? I mean, there's really no other reason for me to say, I'm bad. Tim, I've really been praying for you, bro. <laughs> the other thing you're going to do is worry him. <laughs> God, why is he praying for me? <laughs> the truth of the matter, if you're praying for him, it's a good thing. It's giving him more and more opportunity to see and hear from God, not to not be blinded, you know, by the things of the devil and to, and to get through what he's getting through. Or he may not even ever notice what he was going to deal with because you were praying, right? <laughs> right. So you've got to watch. Now, God may say, tell them you're praying for them and give them a specific reason why I told you to pray for them. So there's, there's different places for that. But, but it's not, again, everything we do, we want to check our hearts before we just do them. Right? right? Because the flesh likes stuff like this. They like to ha- it likes to have its name mentioned. Uh, somebody called the other day um, on a whole different deal. And they were asking uh, my brother, actually, about a donation. <clears throat> and they said, well, if you do, you know, we'll put your, put your name on there. <laughs> and I thought, well, sure, that's what people want. They want their name on their donation, right? Is that, is that what we're going to start putting names on the seats of everybody that donated? <laughs> but you know what? Your flesh likes that. How many things are named after somebody? Right. And Why? Right, they they shouldn't even want their name on there if they actually did it for the right reason. (laughs) Right, move on, Dave. They love to be seen, and the problem with that is that's all they get out of that prayer. So what he's really talking about is they've devalued prayer to something that just makes you look spiritual, and and so many times if we pray from that realm, we'll, we'll bring it to a place where we're only doing it so we look spiritual. And we don't. That, that's not what prayer is about. Prayer, prayer done right, is powerful. Why? Because it opens the door for the love and the power and the mercy and the grace of God to be ushered in. And, and it, it, it's amazing the things that have been accomplished. You're, you're sitting here tonight as a, as a trophy of God's grace because someone prayed. Every person here. Somebody prayed. No, nobody prayed for me. Somebody prayed for you. Right? I can guarantee you. We pray all the time for people to be saved. Right? If we pray on Wednesday night for the nation, did you know that the end result of praying for the nation is so that all men can be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? Somebody prayed for you. We are all, we, every person is, is a, a byproduct of prayer every saved person <laughs> every person that's saved and every person that will be saved that's why we we continue to pray for laborers into the path for blindness to come off their eyes because why we want them to see the truth of God's word amen and so we we don't we want our prayer to be valuable so when we pray we're not looking for glory for anything but God amen the the result of our prayer will glorify God because the end of our prayer will be him doing something really great. Amen? And so so we don't want to get into, and and again, what you have to do is keep renewing your mind because your mind thinks like the flesh. And your mind thinks, ooh, name on a building. Wow. Tell them I prayed. You know what? I just heard they got healed. Let me tell them I prayed. (laughs) Aren't you just glad they got healed because you didn't do anything? You're right. You open the door. That's a really good thing. What did David say? Better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the, dwell in the tents of the wicked forever. A prayer is a door opener. He opens doors wide. And, and, and he's, you know, I played football for a lot of years. So a prayer, a true prayer in, in this sense would be a lineman, an offensive lineman. Because without that offensive lineman, that team ain't scoring one point. With them, they're going to do great, but that offensive line's never going to get any credit. Right? Right? And they're not looking for credit. They're they're looking to win the game. Amen? And, And so the things we do as Christians, we're never looking for credit because that's your reward if you do it, and it doesn't do the person you're praying for any good. Or the situation you're praying for, it doesn't do any good. And we want our prayer to have its greatest value. In other words, if there's two doors, we want them both wide open, and we, we want to usher in the glory of God and He, he be glorified. Amen. And go on to first six. Uh, yeah, six. After he said they received their full reward, he said, "But you, I could say thou. Everybody knows that thou is us, right?" Right, Now you, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut your door. How many people have a prayer closet? A lot of people do, right? A place that you pray. My mom, when we were really young, start got a she made a prayer closet, and we thought it was the weirdest thing. But man, it was so fun because we go in there, and she had a little bench in there and some curtains, and but she would spend time in there. And you know why? Because she was she was a prayer. Yeah. She didn't she didn't need to tell me what she's praying about. She just needed to know I had a place to pray, yeah. and, and a prayer a place to pray. And I'm not saying you need to cause it, but you need a personal prayer life. Uh, praying in church is good, but it's not enough. Uh, you need a because why? It takes away your personal relationship with God. He wants to have a personal time with every one of His children. And you say, "Well, wow, how could he have that? He's God. He's God. He can do everything. He could listen He could listen to you, me and a billion other people all at the same time, and answer their questions right, not get one wrong. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? He, he's a good God, and, and he, he's looking for good things for us. He says, "When you go get, get, get in your closet and shut the door and pray to your Father." And see, that, that's what I like to he, he doesn't say just go in there. He says go in, shut the door, and pray to your father. He doesn't say pray to God. He doesn't say make big prayers. He doesn't say have all your verses lined out. He says get in there and spend time with your dad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Spend time with your father. You know, one of the greatest things he allowed me to be in this earth was a father. I'm thankful to this day that he allowed me to be a father. And the reason I'm thankful, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but for me, it was life-changing. It was life-changing because it allowed me to see a piece of his heart. Just a piece, but a piece of his heart. And everything I saw from that day on, I saw God differently. From the day that we became parents, I saw God differently. I've never seen him the same way since, because every time I see him, I think about her. And I think about, okay, what would I do as a father? And then I think, well, he's so much greater than me, he would do this. And and I was I was a pretty good giver dad. Don't get me wrong. I, I messed up in some other areas, and I probably gave too much, but that's okay. I'd rather err on the gave too much side. Huh? And and I messed up in some other areas and you know we're all human. But I'm thankful that I got to see God from a, a father's point of view. Because it changed. And 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 I won't just say that as a parent's point of view, because God is a father and mother. He he has both sides covered. He 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 he's not missing one piece. So as a father, I could see everything he set out and how he would do it and why he did things. And, and I would talk to my daughter and he'd say something like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I think. And you, or, or I want much more than that for you. You know, he would talk to me by, by looking at my daughter. And, and it was great. Because why? Because I'm learning what a father's like. And, you know, the world has taken this, and I know I've talked about this before, but it's so important because the world is trying to tear down the father figure in, in in everywhere i mean brother moore's talked about it if you look watch some of the the shows on tv now they make fathers look like idiots and they can't even tie their own shoes and you know what that's not what a father is right a father is so much more than that and and the the more that we get into seeing a father uh, allowing ourselves to see things like that the, the less we'll be able to see the fatherhood of God. And, and he wants us, he desires us to see his fatherness, if you will. It's a new word for it, fatherness. Uh-huh. Right? Because he desires us to see that. Because it's important that we see that, because if we don't see some of that, we'll never receive some of the things he gets. Think, think about this. in uh, Matthew, Well, if you go on in Matthew, Matthew 7. I didn't even put it in here, but I know what it is. Because we've been using this verse. If you just start in verse 7, you can start in verse 7. Because this has been one of the verses we've used through this whole prayer thing. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. What's he talking about? He's talking about asking, praying, talking to me. He's talking about people coming to him, asking him for something, and truly receiving it. And people quote this verse all the time. But do we believe it? And if we believe it. Or if we don't believe it. Why don't we? Why why don't we? Or why do we? Well go on and you'll find out why you do believe it. Verse 8. Everyone that asks receives. This is God talking. Better yet this is your father talking. Now this, this is. If, you, if if I told Ramsey. To ask me for something, and I'll just tell the truth, and, and you'll get it. She would, and she would believe that she would get it, and she would ask for anything. I mean, she didn't have a limit on her asking. I mean, there were times where I said, "You, you're gonna to have to believe God yourself for that, because you just you just ask greater than this Father, but you got a greater Father than this." Amen. But 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 if if I said if you ask you'll receive she would believe it why because I'm her father yeah. right I'm not am not I'm not I'm not some guy that just showed up I'm not somebody but not only am I her father I'm the father that always did what she what she what we if she asked she got it so why could she believe that because I said it and it was true if we don't believe God's word. We'll never have this. The first thing you've got to believe is God before you'll believe his word. You've got to believe in the goodness of God, in the the trueness of God, that he would not tell you something that he did not desire for you. Right? Now, she did ask me for some stuff when she was a young teenager. I said, you're too young to have that. I can't get that for you. And God would have said the same thing to us. Right. There's things I ask I, I ask him for prosperity. And he said, you're not ready for it. Yeah. And he was right. Had I gotten prosperity at that time, I wouldn't be here right now. I can guarantee you I wouldn't. Yeah. Because had I gotten prosperity, I'd have went out, I'd have been the son that left left home and went out and did his own thing. You know, and, and he knew that. And so he didn't, he said, I, I, well, first of all, he couldn't because I'm trying to get prosperous on his verses, which he couldn't bring to pass because I wasn't in a position to get them. Right. It wasn't that he was saying no. He said, I'll prosper you as soon as you're ready to prosper. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because I was praying for prosperity. So he, he's thinking, well, I know what prosperity is. I'll give it to you as soon as you can handle it. Amen? So keep going with the verse. Everyone that asks, receives, everyone that seeks, finds. And him that knocks, it shall be open. Verse nine. Or what man, uh, or what man is there of you, whom if his son, he's, he's talking to sons, right? The, the, nothing changed about what he's talking about here. Ask and you shall receive. Who asks? Son, daughter, child of God. Ask and you shall receive. Who's he talking to? See, if you don't know him as father, how can you receive of this verse? Right. You've got to know Him as Father. You've got to know that He loves you, that He desires to you to have these things, that, that that it's His heart. It's His heart that you ask and receive. It's not just your heart. It is His heart. And what man of there is if, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? What's he saying? He said, not only do I, you're my child, I won't give you bad things. All these people that say, I prayed... I asked God for this and he gave me this. I had somebody tell me one time I what was it I asked God I asked God to help me and my car broke down the next day. <laughs> and so that was God to him God has why he didn't know him as father right. or he didn't know what a father was. Because a father would fix your car he wouldn't break it down. Right. right? My my daughter would come home in the middle of the night and she'd have one little problem on her car and and I'd be out in the I'd be out in the cold, night, flashlight, fixing it. Why? Because that's what dads do. Right? And people say, well, not my dad. But this is, this is your image. Yeah. This is your image. And, and if you want to know the Father, look at Jesus. That's how, and that, that's why the Pharisees were so confused. Because they had grown up. They, had, they were in the law. And they never saw the law for what it truly was. They only saw it as a book of rules. They didn't see it as salvation, which it truly was to them at that time. It was as close as they could get. It was as close as they could get. But what they saw was, if you do this, this the, if you don't do this, this bad thing's going to happen to you. And what God was saying is, I don't make the bad thing happen. It was already there. So if you don't do what I'm asking, the bad thing's coming. It's already there. It's kind of like people that blame the policeman for getting a speeding ticket. Yeah. Right? Who was speeding? Right? And, and the policeman's not even the one that put the law in place. Right? God doesn't do bad things. He only does good things. And unless we know Him as a Father, ask and you shall receive doesn't exist. Is If you don't know the love of God, you can't receive from Him because it's who He is. It is the very essence of God. So if we don't know that He's always good, He's always on your side, He's always looking for your success. If, if He doesn't get something to you in your time frame, He was helping you. Amen? And, and you know, people say, Yeah, but... I just want to believe that nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> he, he, I, I'd like to, my daughter to, to come to me and say, Dad, just can you just make sure nothing bad ever happens to me? And I'd have to say, no. <laughs> and do you know that God would say the same thing? He said, I can't make sure that nothing bad ever happens, but I can make sure you come through it. That's right. Amen. right? I can't tell you there won't be fire, but I can tell you you can walk through it without being burned. Right. I can't tell you there won't be a flood, but I can tell you, I'll get you through it. Amen. Amen? That's what a good father does. A good father doesn't say, I can protect you from anything. I'm uh, uh, not protecting. He, he doesn't say, I'll just keep those things away from you. He says, I'll make sure you get through those things. Amen? And, and that's, what, that's what we're looking to. We're looking to a God that loves us. He's our Father. And that's what Jesus wanted us to see. He said, when you pray, I want you to pray to your Father. You know, I wish there would have been a comma right there. So he would have stopped right there and said, I want you to pray to your father. Because what he's literally saying is the relationship that you have needs to be a child to a parent relationship. And, and you need the realization that because of that relationship, there is nothing you can't have. Amen? And because and, 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 he goes on and tells you that, that's why I read on the end of the verse he said what man of you if his son if his son what's he saying and you are my son so if you ask me how much more how much more would he do why well, he's a good father he's a good parent amen he's got you covered if you had a bad parent I'm sorry but he's nothing like God if you had me for a parent, I'm still sorry. I was nothing like God. I can't compare. I do some God things, and I'm getting better. But I'm a child of the light. I'm not the light. Amen? The Father of lights, He's my Father. Which makes me a light. Amen? Amen? But, 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 I'm, but I'm the child of the light and and he is the light. If if I can do something great, he can do something greater. And through me, he can do greater works. But I'm doing it to his glory. It's not it, even Jesus said it. I don't do anything of myself. And and I don't do anything to glorify Jesus didn't do one thing everything he did was to glorify the Father. Amen. And and that's what that that's what our prayer should be. Our prayer should be something that we don't want any credit for, right? And we'll take all the time necessary to make it happen, but we want the Father glorified in the end. If healing happened, we don't need to say, well, we prayed. Right? (laughs) Well, did you know God could have done it if you wouldn't have prayed? Right? But He chose you to pray. And got you got to be a part of what God was doing in the earth, Amen. Why? Because God, because the Father takes His kids and shows them how He does things, Amen. And, and and that's a good thing. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Where were we? Oh, we were in Matthew. Matthew. Let's go to. Let's go to. Uh, well, I'm way out of my notes now. We'll find our way. God's got a plan. John 16. John 16. John 16, verse 23. It's Jesus talking to His disciples, but He knows what's getting ready to happen. He's actually talking to you too. He said, In that day you shall ask me nothing. When we pray, we don't pray to Jesus. Right? We don't pray to Jesus. Right? (laughs) I didn't say it. Right. Actually, Jesus said it. He said, In that day you shall ask me nothing, verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. And, and, and you know, in my name has, be, has, has gotten to be the end of a prayer instead of what it truly is. It's powerful, right? Remember when the centurion sent his people to tell Jesus to to get Jesus to come here. He said, I don't need... And it wasn't the centurion there. It was his people. And he said, I don't need you to come to my house. You know, I just need you to send your word. What's he saying? I need you to go in the name of the Father. In other words, in that authority. And what what he's literally saying is, in the authority of Jesus Christ, because of who he's made us to be, in him, we can pray, and the Father will do whatever we ask. Amen? In him. The name of Jesus is, it's, it's, it's who we are, right? It's who we are. And, and that's what it is. He says, do this in the name of Jesus. In other words, do this like you're me. Do this like you're, just like you're me. And what's he saying? When I want something, I ask the Father, and he does it for me. You ask the Father in my name, and he'll do the same thing for you. Glory to God. That's a a cool deal right there. Huh? I mean, Jesus, do you think there was ever a prayer that Jesus didn't get answered? No. I can give you the answer to that. No. The prayer that he prayed in John 17 is still getting answered to this day. Amen? It's still getting answered to this day. Jesus didn't have a prayer that didn't get answered. Why? Because he was always praying to the Father. He was, he was always asking the Father. He was always going to his Father and, and doing only what the Father asked. He was only asking things that he knew were his will. Right? Jesus is our hero. He's our hero. Amen? But he says in that day, what's he saying? You'll ask the Father in my name. What's he saying? He's your Father now. This is, you, you go to the Father You go straight to the Father. Glory to God. That's a big deal. They couldn't do that before. Remember what kind of priest they had? Flawed. (laughs) Flawed priest. We have a priest. What's it say in Hebrews? We have a priest that has been tempted in every way yet without sin. Never sin. That's our priest. That's our high priest. That's our go-between. In the name of Jesus, that—that's where we go between and we get to the Father. And at the end of that, what's it say? So come boldly, yeah. right? Come boldly before this. Why can you come boldly? Because we have a priest forever sitting in that position, forever. And why, what can we do now? We can go straight to the Father. Why? Because we're children because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, I'm a child of God. To everyone who would believe, He gave the right to become the son of sons of God. Amen? What, what, what a great thing for us to be. And as we know that, our prayer life becomes so much greater. Why? Because we boldly ask we don't say, mm, I'm a nobody, and God, I don't know what you do in these situations, but could you put, would you please maybe if you got the time yeah. right and then we might even add a little manipulation you know I'm really hurting I think, I think you know I'm really hurting, so if you just just heal me, Lord, because I'm hurting, that's not why he healed you because he loved you right. he healed you before you were hurting. He knew what you were going to have need of before you ask, so he went ahead and put provision in place for your healing, for everything we would ever need. Why? He's a good father, right? That's what good fathers do, at, right? Good fathers leave an inheritance to their children's children. God left an inheritance to His children's 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 children's, children's children 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 children, children, yeah. children yeah. etc. Amen. Why? He's a good father. Amen. He's a good father. That's what he does. Look at uh, John three first 1, 1 John three one. He's not only a good father. Good fathers want their kids to be full of the good things they have, you know. And you know, I wanted Ramsey to do the good things I did. Uh, unfortunately, she still does a few of the things that weren't so good. Like she really likes Little Debbie's. You know, which probably wasn't the greatest thing I ever taught her, but we enjoy them together, right? But she serves God, which is the greatest thing that could ever happen. And, you know, in this verse it says, Behold what manner of love. You know, what manner of love has God bestowed upon us? In other words, what did he put in you that was so great I want you to to see what he's put in you that was so great that allows you to be called a son of God. What's he saying? I put that love in you. That's what's allowing you to be called a son of God. It's, It's the love that he bestowed upon us that allows us to be called sons of God. Why? Because that love is on you, in you. Part of you and should become part of your everyday makeup. In other words, your decisions should begin to be made through that love. Right? Now we have the ability. You know, that's what that verse is talking about in Hebrews where it says, Come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in a time of need. I may have quoted it backwards. But that's what he's talking about. I want you to have my ability to get through this. Come get it from me. Come get it from me. Come ask and I'll give it to you. So, so what he did was he said, I'm going to put my love in you through the Holy Spirit. It's going to be shed abroad in your heart, and it gives you every ability that I have to do what I would do. Same thing Jesus had. Right? Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. What do you think the Holy Spirit did? If it, if it shed love abroad in your heart, it shed love abroad in his heart. He operated through that love Every day. And never missed it. Why? Because he never didn't operate through that love. Is that a good sentence? Never didn't operate. Yeah. I like it. English teachers might not, but I like it. Amen? And if we never don't operate in that love, right, then we'll never miss it. If we'll operate as the light, as the child of light that we are then we'll always be light in the situation we're in. We'll always pray for the right things. Why? Because you're thinking as a child of light. You're thinking as a child of God. But why are you thinking that way? Because you've received Him as Father. So many people receive the Savior. They receive God. But, you know, it's like Brother Moore was teaching. The, The demons know there's a God. They don't know Him as Father and they never will. The difference between us and every other creation, we know him as Father. We have an intimate personal relationship or the opportunity to that no one else can have. And we can take his qualities. Why? Because we're heirs. Right? And and we have the very qualities. We have the very heart of God born again in us. And if, if we will use that those qualities, we will succeed in everything that we put our hand to. We will, our prayers will always be be focused on the right thing, and they'll be prosperous prayers. They will prosper in the things that they're doing. They won't be, you know, there's too much of I prayed and it didn't. Right? And if God never misses it, then it didn't is on my my part, right? So, because God's not, he's looking to answer prayers. But but we've gotten to the point where people are defiant. I prayed and God didn't. If you're going to be like that, God ain't ever gonna. Because why? Not because he's mad at you. He can't. You take yourself out of the position of hearing from love and receiving from love and doing in love and and, and having faith. You just cut your faith off. No confidence. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to know him as Father because when you know him as Father, you're confident in what he says. Your faith now jumps to a whole new level. I remember when Brother Moore gave us that word from God with Kim my confidence level was so high; I never doubted from that moment, that moment forward. Why? Because my faith now had a word, and now my confidence was high. And what confidence is assurance? It's something you can hang on to at all points. And when you have that confidence in your Father, right? I, I remember when I was young, uh, my parents left me at school; they forgot me. Right? You guys, have, lots of people have had that happen, right? I mean, it's not hard, right? You got other stuff going on, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't leave. Why? I was confident they would come get me. What? Your confidence has need of patience. What? Why would it have patience? Because it trusts in who said it, right? When we pray, our prayers need patience with that confidence that we prayed in to start with. And if we'll wait, godly waiting, joyful, right? Mm -hmm. Cheerful endurance, right? Expectation. What? Because dad's coming back. I'll sit on this porch until he gets here. And I did. I mean, most kids do. I mean, if if your parent leaves you into school, you get there two hours late and your kid's still sitting on the front porch. Or in the principal's office with the DFS. Didn't used to be that way. They didn't just call the DFS every time something happened. When they left me, you just got left. Why? Because that's when parents could just make mistakes. Move on, Dave. Move on, Dave. First John five fourteen. First John five fourteen, we've we've this we've used these verses in prayer, and the reason we've used them is because they are over and over again what you're gonna to look to when you're praying. And if you look to this and this is the confidence. And so what what's the devil gonna try and mess with first? If confidence is what starts your prayer? He's gonna try and mess with your confidence. Right? And, and because if if you quit what happens is you become unconfident. That's what what causes you to quit. It's not that you're just tired. You're no longer confident in what was said. And so if you're confident in what was said and you'll be patient, Hebrews 10 says you will receive the promise. Amen? And so this is the confidence that we have, what, in Him, in Christ, in God. This is the confidence you have in your Father, right, right? If you have this confidence in your father, you ask anything according to his will. Well, first of all, he's your father, so you know his will. You know, my daughter asked me things that she knew wasn't my will. She knew she wasn't going to get them. Right? Most of the time. Shouldn't say that. There's a couple of things I got her. Shouldn't have. <laughs> Sometimes you just get out there and you just start doing stuff. <clears throat> but... She knew my will, so most of the time, she would always ask according to my will. And, and then she knew, if she asked according to my will, that she would have it. And she did. And I'm not saying I did other things right, but as far as the giving goes, that little girl didn't lack nothing. <laughs> if she says she did, she's lying. <laughs> she lacked nothing. She truly was one of those that lacked no good thing. I'm not saying that it couldn't have been better things, but for what we had, she had it. If I had to spend it and it was going to be mine, it was going to be hers. That's what God does. That's what fathers do. Amen? And this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, we can have confidence that He hears us. Why? Because He's our Father. Not just because we ask according to His will. You ask according to His will because He's your Father, you know Him. He hears us because He's your Father. Knowing God is going to be the, one of the most important things in our prayer life. A, a public prayer life is great, but a personal prayer life, a personal time with God where you know Him, you get to know Him, the, you know, you, you, when you read the Word, you read it, like you're getting to know your Father. You look at Jesus and you watch His life. And if somebody says, well, God doesn't heal everybody, you look at the Word and you say, well, that doesn't fit the Word. You can believe one or the other. The Word is what you go with. Amen? Amen? Amen. Not somebody's goofy experience. Because God heals everybody. The question, you know, somebody had asked me one time why... Why God, and this was the wrong question, but I'm going to say it this way anyway. Why didn't God just heal Kim? It was the wrong question. Why? He did heal Kim. He healed her before she received her healing. Provision was there before it happened. that's where we get into wrong thinking we ask questions that don't have anything to do with how God could answer you because he can't answer that question why? because he supplied healing 2,000 and some years ago through through the stripes on Jesus' back it's not whether or not he's going to decide whether to heal this person or that person he heals every person and people say, well, I just can't believe it. And I understand that if you just can't believe that. But that won't be something you get. Because the further we get into that, we will refuse to believe even our own experiences. Because you can't, your experiences don't, don't define God. Right? If that's true, He doesn't save everybody. If he doesn't heal everybody, he doesn't save everybody because the same work accomplished both. And we can try to dice and slice up the word all we want, but all we're getting is nothing because of these, the, the wrong and poor beliefs and the experience-based faith. Experience-based faith. That, that can't, that, that's an oxymoron. Did you know you can't even believe in healing because you got healed? That's the wrong reason to believe in it. The reason we believe God heals is He said He does. He's your Father and He doesn't lie. That's the reason you believe in it. Experience-based faith is faith that won't work because it's not faith at all. It's it's a vision. Amen? We're way out here. We're going to reel it in, though. We're gonna reel it in now. Somehow we're reeling it in. Thank you, Lord. Where are we reeling it in? Go to James one. One seventeen. We'll reel it in there. Every good gift and every perfect gift. This—if you believe this, you can pray. You know, people say, well, that verse isn't about prayer. Every verse is about <laughs> prayer. They all are because as you get to know God, you pray to a God you know. You pray to a father who loves you. You pray if I'm praying for Kevin, I'm praying for a, for a child of God whom he loves, whom I love the same way he loves. And I'm praying out of that love and I'm praying out of that that need if you will, and I'm believing God for his provision for that situation. Yeah. And in doing so, I am counting and trusting in the Father of lights. Cuz why? Cuz every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights why is he the father of lights because we're light and he's our father right that's why he's the father he's not just the father of the stars and the moon he's the father of you whom are salt and light as kevin reminded us of earlier right so every good and perfect gift comes down from your father not just a father and see that's what we want to get to it's not just a father it's your father it's the one you can run to when you scratched your knee when you fell off your bike when you didn't do it right when you needed help with your homework when everything you ever needed you can go to the good and perfect giver the good and perfect giver never changes That's why He's the best Father of all. He's the same every time you ask, every time you go to Him. He never comes to you and says, oh, you you stumped me, right? Oh, I just can't help you here. Can't help you today. No. He's got the right answer, the same answer Every time, and it's a good answer. It doesn't say every good and perfect gift is from above, and then he uses some of them from below to teach you sometimes. He doesn't use the devil. He doesn't work with the devil. He doesn't like the devil, if you don't know that. Right? And he's certainly a good father is not going to hurt their kids to teach them something. Right? He's not going to come up and say, come here, it's time to learn Learn if the stove's hot. Turn it on. Boom. Stick his hand in the stove. No. But he's being accused of it every day. Every day. He was teaching me that the stove was hot by burning my hand. God doesn't do that. He tells you don't do that. He says it's hot. Don't go there. And you know what? If you do burn your hand, he'll heal your hand. Right? Right? why because he's merciful he's kind to the unthankful and he's good he's the good and perfect giver and he's the father of lights and every good and perfect gift comes down from him every good thing that anybody's ever received in this earth whether they thought they got it at the hospital whether they thought they got it at the bank doesn't matter where they thought they got it if it was good and it was perfect it was your God it was your father. Yeah. And that's the plan he has for all of us. And what we've got to do is renew our mind. Begin reading the Bible. I always say read the book of John because you can see the love of the father in it. People always say, what book should I read first, John? Why? Because he knew God loved him. He He's the only one that lived to be 120. Lived out his full days. The only one. Why? He knew God loved him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't kill somebody like that. They just got to (laughs) leave. That's right. You can't. You can't do anything with somebody that knows God loves them. Right? Because the devil can't talk you out of your confidence. You will not cast your confidence away from a God that loves you. You will cast your confidence away from a God that might love you. Amen? But when we pray to this God, when we pray to this father, we receive from the giver of all good things. And in doing so, we receive for others. We begin to focus on everybody else. Why? Because that's what God does. And, and what he does, That see, when I, was, when I was looking for prosperity, I was only focused on me. Well, you know, I I was looking at the Word and I said, okay, how can I get this? How can I get that? How can I do this? I got this Word and I got this Word. I I had so many verses pulled out of their context so they would fit what I needed. And, and, you know, uh, because I want to demand of God and receive. And I got nothing but broker. I got a lot broker, right? And a lot more miserable. And then one day... I figured out that this God I'd been studying and looking for and looking at was a good and loving Father. And when I found that God, I quit looking for prosperity. I started looking for God. Right? So many times when we pray, we're looking for for what God gives and not who God is. When we begin to pray to our Father because of who He is, why? He's good. He does good things he gives good answers he does everything well right then when we begin to pray to that father we'll receive from that father we'll receive the answers that he truly already gave through Jesus Christ and we'll have the things that he has for us but we have to get rid of our our poor thinking that we've had not only about fathers but about God and we've got to get rid of we, we've got to be focused on the devil's trying to get something else in your head he, he wants experience he wants uh, a bad father he wants uh, you know he, he's going to put this stuff in the world with the TVs and the things like that that you know dads these days they just can't do it they're too stupid to tie their own shoes and they just they just need their mom they just need mom around or nothing else is going to get done thank God for mom And remember, God is dad and mom. He has it both covered. But until we learn who God is, and as, let me rephrase that, as we learn who God is, our prayer life is going to come up and up and up and up. Why? Because we're always going to be looking to the Father of lights for our answer. We're always going to be looking to the good and perfect giver. And as the good and perfect giver gives answers, we'll get the answers that he desired. Amen? Amen? Stand up with me. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. And you know, it goes along with these prayers that we've been praying every week over the church because these are the things that we desire in this church and for the body of Christ as a whole. We're not just praying for Faith Life Church as we pray these prayers. We're praying for the body of Christ. Because that's what Paul was doing. you think that these are just written so that we'd have them tonight. The Ephesians and Colossians, the prayers that he prayed. Those are written for all the church. And, and as we learn them together from the Father of Lights, then, then we, we go to another level because we now begin to pray in unity. We begin to pray in harmony, in one accord. Why? Because we begin to know the father we begin to know the goodness of god we refuse to believe i i was teaching bible studies before i came here and rick was teaching with me and people started coming that didn't believe god was good why because they wanted to believe god was good everybody wants to believe god's good and you can teach people like that really easy our bible studies grew really fast because why because no matter what they said, God was good. If we didn't understand it, we'd say, you know, I don't understand what you're showing me right here, but I know God's good. And the next week, we'd have an answer. Why? Because we were looking at it for God's good. he give us answers to that question. And that's the question that the body of Christ, the church, has over and over again in their heart and in their mind. They've let it slip in there too many times. Is God really good? The Word says He is, but, but experience and religion has tried to teach something different. Even in the Word of Faith circles, you get people that say, I've been praying and praying and God's not. You're, you're saying God's not good. You don't know it. You're not trying to, but you're literally saying God's not good. You're, you're literally saying, I've been asking my father for, for a fish, and he keeps giving me a stone. And He just told us He would never do that. God doesn't give stones. He gives good gifts to all of His children. Amen? The key to that is know you're His child and let Him be your Father. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray this with me. Father God, I thank you for being my Father. I receive you tonight as the Father of lights. My Father, a good God who does good things. I ask you, show me where I've allowed things to block my vision of your goodness, of your truth. Help me to see you as You truly are. Through Your heart, through Your love, help me to always look at You through Jesus, through the Scriptures, and through the truth, knowing that You do nothing but good all the days of our lives. And we receive You as our Father the perfect and good giver. Pray these with me. Father, we ask You that You would give unto us the body of Christ in this church and in churches all over the world the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of You that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ, when you raised him from the dead, and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. Lord, we ask that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we would walk worthy of you and be pleasing to you, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in our knowledge of you, that we would be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness giving thanks unto you who has made us to be able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light and has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of your dear Son. And Father, we bow our knee unto you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom we are all named, the whole family. We ask that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith, That we, being rooted and grounded in love, would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height of this love. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all your fullness. Now unto you who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is working in us unto you be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We ask that you help us to glorify you. That our lives would be a witness, would be a light, and would bear much fruit as we walk through this world. That your goodness and your mercy would follow us Everywhere we go. And that your goodness, that your light would be a witness to every person that we come in contact with. That we would be different than others. That we would be what they need at that moment. Help us to be your children, your children. In, this in this earth, doing your will, doing your will. In, Jesus in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. you have a song?